another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. We were just here just a little bit ago and here we are back and I'm so excited because we are here with the amazing and beautiful April Meganson. Welcome back, April. Hello, hello. Thank you, Lisa. My God. With you as always. I know. We need to do a show just to catch up because it's been so busy for sure. (laughs) I know. We'll just schedule a show like every few weeks just so we can talk. (laughs) Seriously, it's been a little ridiculous. And welcome in to everybody. Hi, guys. Um, Please share in the comments where you're from, how you're feeling, um, for sure. And I love this topic today that April really brought up. And I think it's such a good one, which is why the heck are we so serious? And it makes me think of J.P. Sears, who is such a great comedian, who's always talking about being super spiritual. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's so good what we're talking about. So let's dive in. I love it. I, I mean, this this has been coming up for me for years. And if anyone has really uh, been through the journey of taking themselves too seriously, it's me. So I, I can really talk about that. Um, and I think that's what the whole thing is, is like taking ourselves too seriously and just getting into the drama of our stories. And it's so heavy and it feels like so much stuff. What's this? What's how am I responding? And, you know, interestingly enough, and you, I'm sure you can uh, verify this with your within yourself. Is once I was shown all of that and, you know, once you want, once you commit to see you see, (laughs) you see, and you're kind of like, whoa, what Mm -hmm. in the world? And then you real, I realized, you know, I couldn't even see the situations for what they were because there was such a, I call it the permafrost of drama. Yeah, I like that. That's so true. And I, I'm with you. Like, I remember a friend saying I was so intense. She's like, you're so intense. And at the time it was like, oh, I'm a Scorpio. Scorpios are intense. But you do realize like at one point you're like, okay, like the intensity is really all my baggage that I'm spewing out on everybody else. It's like my energy is going everywhere. 
and I need to work on that. So you do go through that. The seriousness comes from our baggage, I think. A hundred percent. You said it so well. It's so perfectly said. It's exactly what I found. And you know, let's just get out of the way immediately. Everyone that's thinking like, well, what about in grief? And what about in this and this? The point that we're making is this, that in weighty situations, are we taking ourselves too seriously? You know, think about situations where, you know, a loved one has passed or somebody that has, um, you've known that has had a loved one pass and people respond really ungracefully. And it, I always say this, when you are not graceful in life, you're not going to be graceful around death or anyone dying or your own death. I mean, in the yogi tradition, we practice for death. That's what Shavasana is at the end of every class. So it's not about not being weight, not taking weighty situations. It's about taking weighty situations and giving space to them. Because people are taking themselves too seriously. Like, here's what I saw recently. Well, I just don't know whether to contact this person or not because I don't know if they want to hear from me or not. And I don't want to bother them. And I don't want to so-and-so. And, you know, I mean, no. No, that's not about them anymore. That's all about us. Or, you know, and so it's it's about being it's about being lighthearted and lighthearted is about that, you know, mm -hmm. lighthearted is about looking out past the permafrost. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the permafrost melts. <laughs> I love the term permafrost. And yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because that permafrost, um, let's see if I can articulate because you just said something about like the contacting someone and, and, and that's when, not just taking ourselves too seriously, but but like you just said, like making it all about ourselves. Like we we start to spin. I had this happen with somebody where they just were spinning in their own um, patterns and not seeing that it there was nothing connected to me with that. And so I think we have to do that within ourselves is when we start to spin. Like to me, that's what it is. It's a spinning kind of like you're trapped in this cycle of thinking and overthinking and all those things. And so I like the permafrost way of saying that because it is, it's like you're just stuck. You're frozen in this space and it's getting out of it and realizing, oh, this is not even. And that's what's happening right now with all this ascension stuff. Like everything is so serious. Like Oh. everything is so serious. Like if I don't, if I do this, I'm not going to ascend. And if I don't do this, this isn't going to happen. And it's like, dude, like it's really okay to be human. Like it's, that's actually what we can do. Yeah. And that's all story. Like, why is that even a thing? Cause you know, that's a total cop out. That's a fight or flight mechanism. Why are you worried about that right now? You're sitting your butt on a, on a, a chair doing your work. Like, why are you even, you know, I only know because I've been through this. This is not about judgment. This is about clear seeing. This is about clear seeing ourselves in situations. And the more I know about myself, the more I can create space for myself and others. And that's what, that's what lightheartedness is, I think. And, you know, we all think about, I love the um, ancient Egyptian you know, uh, the soul being weighed on the scales with a feather. 
And you know, I think that we've really come in, in our American um, Western society to understand that in a, in a less than expansive way. Meaning, I think that we've come to see that culturally, if we even think about it at all, as am I good or bad? It's not about that. It's about the layers that you have been willing to dive into to see yourself and to become lighthearted in any situation and to let people have their journeys and to let people be in their patterns and to let yourself be in your patterns. You know, mm -hmm. it's not about getting rid of them. It's about delighting in who we are and who others are. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just recognizing how wild it is right now. I mean, I was joking with my husband this weekend and I was like, how can we take anything serious? Like, you know, it's like, I was joking, like there's people, there's beings in the earth, there's, you know, spaceships in the sky, there's, you know, people that shapeshift into reptilians, like it's all crazy. Like there, there has to be some laughter about it and like true or untrue and, you know, whatever our experience is, it's pretty wild out there and we don't have to be so serious about it. We don't have to like have to do certain things. I think that takes us out of this flow. Like it's so much being in the flow, like surrendering to all of it does give you space to kind of lighten up a little bit and not feel like, you know, there, there's a time and place for that discipline and the effort that it takes to do the inner work on yourself for sure. But it, but you know, you're doing it when you can laugh about it. Yeah. And that, this is, uh, you know, that, that inner discipline becomes effortless because you're in the right place. It's this synchronicity thing that starts to happen. I was just reading about it this morning and it was like, wow, I cannot believe, I think I told you the other day when I talked on the phone to you that I thought in my head, uh, I just have a gas, like a natural gas um, heater for the winter. And I thought in my head, I need to get called the gas company and just get it turned off for the year, which I've never done. 17 years of living here, never done that. Literally, a man shows up, knocks on my door and says, I have to turn your natural gas off um, to do like some work. And I was like, well, can you just leave it off? Like that's what that's what starts to happen when we lighten up. And I'm not saying like, you know, like a comedian lighten up. We are literally letting go of baggage. And that's where the lightening, lightening comes from. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's profound. You know, um, I think Lars is, hi, Kimberly. Lars is saying over there, I think a lot of self-love. Yeah, you were already saying it. And being in this world makes you more light and less serious. But see, we are of this world too. So, you know, not to, not to, that's not a, uh, it's an and, and, or. It's not an mm -hmm. and, or. What am I saying? It's a, it's a both and. We're mm -hmm. both and, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we're constantly thinking about ascension, that's serious. <laughs> what do we know about that, really? I mean, what do we really freaking know about it? We are channeling our precious, beautiful, incredible cosmic energy into something that is distracting us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where, you know, yes. And I think I had a moment like, cause I have the four kids and the little girls, 
have like a shtick. I don't really know how they do it, but they get in these moments. And so there was a moment last week where they were sitting. We, I had taken them to Michael's, which is a craft store for those of you who don't know that. And they got some crafts and things. And so I was home and in the kitchen, they were sitting at the kitchen counter and they just were giggling incessantly <laughs> about, they had their little shtick they were doing. I mean, they just thought it was funny. They were like repeating, they were repeating um, ads and they just thought it was so funny. And I had this moment of presence with them where it was just like, this is like why we're here. Like they were just having so much fun and they were just thinking and they were laughing about commercials and how silly they are because they were saying things I wish I could remember. But it was like, you know, are you tired of being dollared and dime, nickel, dollar and dime? <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they're eight and nine. So the fact they even know this commercial and, so they, and they were like, hey, dad are you tired of being nickel dollared and dime? And they were just laughing. And that was like the essence of what we're talking about is yeah. like this moment of like, it's all so serious, isn't it? And it's really not. It's so silly. It is. And it's fun. Like we just miss out on this whole aspect. And again, I, I want to stress that this is patterning that we all have if we live in a Western culture. And so we have to commit to seeing where we take ourselves too seriously. And it's not going to change until we commit to that. It's just not. I mean, you're going to say, oh, I take myself. Oh, I take myself too seriously. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it's like this, this cycle. And I only know because I've been through it. So, I mean, I really it's a pattern that we have as a as a culture and it's a programming mechanism that we have to stay under control and not to realize our true joy and sparkling selves, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, life is so multidimensional and we, we are in one dimension. We're in this like set sepia tone thing, you know? And it's like, yes, we don't have, even in weighty situations, we do not have to like, Here's an example. So somebody passes away and we go and, you know, I teach, I'm, I'm a certified life coach and I'm a neuro linguistic programming, um, whatever I am, <laughs> but this is really big. Language is humongous because we're telling each other unconscious things all the time. So in our unconscious mind, here's the word sorry or bad. We, all of us say one of these things all the time. So you go to a grieving person and you say to them, I'm so sorry for your loss. Well, their unconscious mind is going to go on what's called a trans derivational search for what they're sorry about and what they lost. Hmm. That's literally what's happening. And so they don't understand why five minutes later, not only are they having loss and, and sorrow, they're having it multiplied on top of them because of all the people that are unconsciously telling them to look at their sorrow and loss constantly. So how can we lighten that situation up in a way that is not, not making light of it in a, in a inappropriate way, but saying like, I say something depending, I say something different every time, but I really think about my words very carefully. And I say, 
my my heart is with you during this time of challenge because challenge is actually kind of a good word right mm -hmm. so all the all the key words i've given them is my heart and and a challenge you know we see challenge as something that we can move through you know not this time is hard because your head's going to what's so hard and the interesting thing about our unconscious mind is this we are not only telling unconsciously the person that we're talking to to look for loss and so and be sorry about something we're telling ourselves because we don't know if we're talking to ourselves or to others unconsciously so there's a few words here that are really profound to to lighten ourselves up and you know we can commit to using these words of should and try there's no should or no try that's all sovereignty stuff right mm -hmm. What if I come to you and I say, Lisa, I should really think about getting a healthier diet. What does that say to you? It says yeah. nothing. It says, number one, I'm not going to do it. And it says, number <laughs> two, somebody else is telling me I should do it. Yeah. What if I come to you and I say, Lisa, I have committed to changing my diet. I'm starting today. I am, you know, having fruits and veggies. I mean, think, do you feel the difference in the energy, mm -hmm. the difference in the vibrational energy and frequency of what we say creates our world? Yep. We, well, it's, we create it's, our Yoda, world. it's the Yoda isms. I mean, I'm sorry, but Star Wars is full of wisdom. And <laughs> what Yoda says, do or do not try and you will fail. And it's like, that has stuck with me since I was a little kid and heard that because it's so exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, try is not a good word. And you know what other word? I love that we're talking about language because the other thing I've been saying, so instead of should, because I, I work with people, right? Just like you do, like I counsel and I'm a psychic and so I'm giving information. And so there's always that, well, you should, or I would, or you could, or whatever. And so I've replaced all of those words with want. Yes, yes. And then your soul, yes, your soul wants this, or you want that, or I want. And so instead of I should, I say I want to change my diet, like you're saying. Like that really shifts the entire energy of what you're doing. Yes. Here's another example that I love. So this is a lot to take in, but I'm going to go there because I think it's profound to understand what we're saying. The more we refine and get clear about what we're putting out there and we're not doing it in some sort of like spewing way, the more our life changes. So the word, the, the unconscious mind does not understand negative. Okay. That's a conscious mind thing. That's a judgment thing. We want to keep judgment because it, helps us slam on the brakes. We want to keep that yes or no. Do I run out of the room because there's a fire? Yes or no. Like you don't sit around and think, hmm, there's a fire. That looks very pretty, doesn't it? Sparkling over there, right? No, you, you want your judgment mind because it's, it's your prime directive is to keep our bodies alive. And we don't need to live there. That's 10% of our minds. The 90% is the unconscious. And so bringing into consciousness what we're doing unconsciously really matters. So negatives, the mind doesn't get, the unconscious mind does not understand negatives. Meaning, when I say, I can either say to you, feel the difference here. You can even close your eyes and feel the difference. 
Lisa, what you told me was just is really bad. It's really bad. Okay, new one. Lisa, what you just told me is not good. It's really not good. Can you feel the difference? Mm -hmm. Because what I'm telling you, because our unconscious mind doesn't understand negatives, I'm actually sending you on a search for what's good. That's why you walk away from some people and you feel like crap and you don't know why. Like they're perfectly nice people. You can't figure it out. The language, they've sent you on so many searches. What's bad? What to complain about? What I should do? What I shouldn't do? Where are my losses? What I'm sorry for? You know, and it just goes on and on. And then we keep rebounding this, these words back to each other. And then we don't understand. So a trans-derivational search is really important to understand. It's just as easy as this. I say to you, Lisa, what? You remember that one lady's name that did this and that? And we can't remember the name, right? And I always remember stuff in the shower. So I remember it in the shower. Because you know what? You sent your brain on a ticker tape. Your unconscious mind is going to ticker tape that until it figures out the answer. That's why we remember stuff like that in places where we have come to rest, you know, which is like the shower and the, you know, reading or somewhere we feel safe. So that same thing is happening when we talk to people. If I am using a lot of low level frequency language, then you're not going to understand and you're not even going to really notice and you might, but most people won't really notice that you feel kind of crummy like an hour later, whether that's physically or whether that's like feeling crummy about yourself, however it manifests. So language is a light lightener, a space holder, or it's this heavy, heavy, heavy blanket. Mm -hmm. Meaning a wet blanket, not like a cozy. <laughs> well, and let's talk about how to acknowledge that. Cause I think, you know, that's part of shadow work for sure. But there's there's an energy to becoming conscious of when we're dumping on somebody or processing. And I know for me, something that I've been working with, especially with my husband, um, is can I just process? Because I've noticed what happens, especially with a lot of us who are doing inner work and spiritual work, which is everybody that's probably watching this and in the community and everything, is we start to talk about everything because I'm, I'm a talker for sure. Like even growing up, I have vivid memories. Like my mom and I would process together and we'd go on car rides. So we'd like put the music on, we'd go on a car ride, we'd talk about stuff. That was how I decided what I was going to major in in college was like we went on a car ride and just really talked about what I loved, you know? And so we need to process is my point. We want to process. And when we process with each other, it's very easy to like just dump our baggage on the other person. And so um, through my own journey, I've become really conscious of, oh shit, I just totally dumped all my shit on you. I'm so sorry. So how do we become conscious of that? Like, what are some things, what are your thoughts about that? Because I think that's the starting point is when, when do we process outwardly and how do we become conscious of doing it when because we don't want our friends to walk away being like man that was heavy you know well i mean i 
I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I have so much in my head right now because I know yeah. what you're saying and I don't really go, I don't go through that anymore with people. Even the thing is, is the permafrost is gone. When you're getting to real stuff, I don't think you're dumping on anyone. Like you and I have had some real conversations about some real pet challenging things. But I never walk away and think, oh, she just dumped that on me. Like, no, it feels like this deep connection where we're going through what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference of processing and connecting together and living our human lives together because it's it's a weird thing that we're human. It's freaking weird. It's just weird. There's a difference between connecting and processing and sucking someone's energy away by dumping something on them. Mm -hmm. So how do you tell the difference? I mean, really, I'm, I'm being real because I know there's people out there watching right now who are like, oh, this is so intense. And when this person talks to me, it's intense. You know what I'm saying? I, I think, know that there's that out there. I think that I, I feel, I'm saying think less because, you know, our brains get in the way. Our, our bodies are the key here to ourselves. Um, we all know I could set everyone down and sit in front of them and ask them a time when somebody was dumping on them. You just know. You feel it. You feel if you get clear about what's happening, you feel like you're being taken from. It's almost like somebody like stuck a straw in your body and is sucking it out. Like, yeah. because you know, it's just, I think the, I think the question is this, because we all know if we tune in, I know we all know. I think the question is this, how do we handle it? Mm -hmm. That's the question. How do we handle that? Yeah. And I think the way that you handle that, but it, you know, it's funny that you asked this because it's coming to me now. I realized that I wanted to have the, it was really scary to get rid of the permafrost of drama and being in my story because of this, because of the question you're asking me, I realized underneath deeper down in the ice, the connection of seriousness was not only cultural and hereditary, it was also the fear of not connecting to people anymore because of drama. Mm -hmm. And what I would have told myself then is, no, what actually happens is you never knew you weren't connecting. Double negatives there. But you, your connections, my connections have gotten so profoundly uh I mean, it's like we're each other. You know what I mean? It's it's this mm -hmm. incredible, incredible connection that I never, ever, ever would have been able to experience while I held the story of my own drama. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can stop people because I don't really get that anymore. I used to a little bit more, but I don't really get anything like that anymore because I don't necessarily shut it down. I see through the permafrost and I say what's necessary. But I think what happens is when the person doesn't realize this, but when you're not giving them the energy they want you to give them, or you're not getting the energy that you want from someone, meaning if you're the one that's dumping and trying to get the energy out, then it just shuts down. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's like the cycle has to be the cycle for it to continue has to be perpetuated and if it's not it just it just dissolves mm -hmm. and then you if you if you're somebody that dumps on somebody then you, or you're gonna find someone else and if you're somebody that is scared to not be dumped on because again that's the drama thing right what where's my connection gonna go if I don't have people telling me their drama then you're going to continue to get that energy towards you, you know? Mm -hmm. But like I said, when I worked through this and I acknowledged the fact that I was taking myself too seriously and I was taking myself too seriously because I was really scared I wouldn't be able to connect anymore if I didn't, which is totally antithetical if you think about it. But once those things processed and once I let those things go, like I don't ever have – I can't even think of the last time where somebody tried to dump energy on me and I took it, you know, like it was mm -hmm. like, no, love you for you. And I'm seeing through this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head too when you say connection, because I think when, when you're in the thick of it, you're really in your own story, that personal identity. I'm try. I really don't like talking about language. You know, ego is a big word used in Buddhism for sure. I mean, it's used everywhere, but in Buddhism, it's it's the the word to use for it. But I've really changed it to personal identity because I yes. think it's really your identification. So the point of that's your context, everybody. But the, the point is when you're in in that personal identification space, which is where you are when you're doing shadow work. I mean, you're really dealing with your own identity um, you're not connecting. You are dumping the heavy, serious baggage and you're not aware that you're doing it, right? You're just kind of like on whatever you need to do. And, um, and I think the connection is the truth of it. Like once you push through, I like your permafrost, once that's broken, um, or melted or cleared, um, then you're you're actually the observer sharing with another observer. So yes. it's more like like when you and I talk and and our colleagues and friends, the connection it's connection. It's it's I'm observing X Y Z in my own life, and I'm sharing what I'm observing and processing through what that means versus being in your story. That's like two totally different things, I think. And that maybe is the difference. Yeah, I think it's. It's definitely a difference. And I think that we skew because of, um, you know, I, I've been cognizant that I've been, I've caught myself and know that I'm doing it. We all know when we're doing it. Like, let's be serious. We, we can't get away with not knowing. But sometimes the pattern's so deep that we can't stop because we have to, we can't find it within ourselves to process. We have to like, be drawing energy from certain places like validation if you want to call it that or you know yeah he he's a blah 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 or yes that person's really wrong you're right you're the one that's right you know and it's like instead of just realizing i don't need to be validated here this isn't a human experience i'm having and other people are having this human experience too let's chat about it because this is all exploration this is an exploration in consciousness this is not, I'm, I do not have time anymore 
for the other way. It's just, there's no time for it. We are here to explore who we are. Mm-hmm. Not, and, and, and there's a, there's a dip, there's a, there's an opening up and an expansiveness in doing that. And there's a shutdown to pulling energy to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. And we are really enabling people when we don't shut that down. We are enabling that pattern because it's an addictive pattern and we all have it and we've all had it if we don't have it anymore. Well, and all, all you healers out there, we're, we're addicted to the caretaking. So you're addicted to enabling the baggage dumping because you, it validates your existence. So that's a tricky, man, is that a tricky thing? I mean, and I've talked about it here on the show a couple weeks ago too. And you and I have talked about it too personally, but like, as somebody who does psychic readings, <laughs> they've changed because it used to be no. the energy. I used to give information because I wanted you to dump your baggage on me. And yes, now, right, right. Yeah, and now it's about the space you're talking about. It's really, I'm a container to hold what you want to dump versus like wanting to take it on or it, it's a different energy. I don't quite know how to articulate it, but well, it's I think what we, what I, what I can articulate and what I've seen in you as well is that we point everyone back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, and look, and go back in. What do you think? What do you like? You give responsibility back. And if the person is just in a pattern where they want to suck the energy, it shuts them down. They're not interested anymore. Or if there's a pattern of growth, then they do ask that themselves that question. I mean, I only know because I'm I'm saying this as myself, you know. I had a mm-hmm. really good definition of service today from you know what. Yeah. It it says service is not going out and martyring yourself and saying, I'm going to save you. Service is doing the work yourself and living in such a way that everyone you touch is affected by your journey. I mean, think about it. You're not getting somebody that is trying to go out and save everyone. People don't want to be saved. They just... When you're saving everyone, you're putting yourself above. You're putting yourself in the role of hero and you're putting someone below you because it makes you feel better. Somebody has to be safe. That just the very definition means that the person under you needs to be saved by you because you already are saved. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, dra- I mean, whatever the situation is. It's not mm-hmm. a loving, lo- level playing field because it's an energy suck. Just trying to save someone means that you have to have someone to save because you can't be, you know, equal with everyone and, and, and respect everyone's journeys. I mean, there's such an enough thing really buried deep down in here. When we're trying to save someone, we're doing a great violence to them because what we're saying is that you are not enough. Mm-hmm. You are not enough. You need me to save you. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge limiting belief and lie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and yeah, yeah. And it's stealing it's actually stealing your your experience it's stealing your ability to heal yourself i mean there's a lot of things wrapped up in that there is and knowing that definition of service it's so much lighter isn't it mm-hmm. 
Service is not, you want me to read it again? I was going yeah, do to do it, do it. Service is not going out and martyring yourself and saying, I'm going to save you. That feels so heavy, right? Service is doing the work yourself and living in such a way that everyone you touch is affected by your journey. Permission granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which by the way is actually one of the Bodhisattva vows actually is that may every experience, whether positive or negative that you have with me be your source of awakening. And that's literally one of the vows. So it's the same concept, which is we're all, we're all here to have an experience and it's deciding what kind of experience we want to have. And I want to laugh a little bit. <laughs> and you know, the more cognizant, the more layers that come off, the more cognizant I am of refining language because that is our mode of communication. And so I know once, you know, you know, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the issue. Once you know, you're responsible for it. And, you know, we can live in ignorance and say, all right, well, I'm not going to refine my language. And, and, you know, you can have a conversation at a coffee shop and be like, yeah, bad news today. A lot of bad news out there today. And you just have a conversation about the world. You walk out and you feel like you're going to you just want to crawl under the covers and disappear. Or you can talk about. Wow, that's there's not good news coming out of so and so today, is there? Well, you've used a different word talking about the same subject. That doesn't mean you have to limit your subject matter. It means that you refine your language and you leave people with a different prior experience. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we can dump any way. We can dump talking about how, how what the weather's like, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that old saying, you know, the attitude of gratitude, like makes a huge difference to like starting, um, you know, even today, like talking about what happened over the weekend, like there's a lot of blessings in how it did or did not impact us. And I think, you know, it's about how we look at what's happening around us and how it affects us and not getting caught up in and speaking of language, I mean, that's a big thing in mainstream media. And that's something that like, yeah. well, really alternative media too. I mean, let's face it, like anything, it's sensationalizing and all those things. But the language is very negative. And so you can easily walk away from watching the news going, oh my God, like everything's awful. And so I think it's yeah. really, you know, looking at how you get your information and where, you know, and who you're talking to in your daily life too, you know, just like you're saying, having those boundaries and barriers with the energies that do suck your lifeblood. Yeah. And I mean, if we want to go deeper into this, changing your language is a really rebellious thing to do because we, you know, we are, I'm telling you this in the way of, of light and love and how to, you know, expand consciousness, other people know this stuff in another way, you know, and that's okay. That's their experience. You know, that's okay. What mm -hmm. I'm saying is, is that once you know, you know, and you and I can refine language as a rebellious act mm -hmm. as pirates because no one's doing it. <laughs> Even the spiritual 
community uses the word bad and should and try and mm -hmm. poor and all these low language words. So what I would challenge everyone that's listening to do is to root out what low language word you use. Some people it's bad. Like mine was, um, there was a couple of them. There was so sorry, always text, sorry, sorry, didn't get back to you. Well, well, I'm telling myself and the person what, what they're sorry for. They're sorry that they're not tall enough, that they're not the right color, that they're not rich enough, you know. So you go on this search of what you're sorry for just by seeing or hearing the word sorry. I used to say no worries all the time. What you're actually telling someone is to worry. It's crazy, I know, but what there's things that we can eliminate. So find yourself saying sorry, find yourself saying no worries, find yourself saying bad, this was really bad. You can say all the same things, the exact same things in a different way. Apologies, if, you, if an apology is called for, or you just say, okay, instead of, oh, problem too. What are all my problems? No problem. Well, you just told someone to go search for their problems. I know this is crazy, but it's true. This is why, okay, this is why children, because you know, they haven't developed, they're still living more in the unconscious mind. So you think your child is really stubborn when you say don't touch the hot stove, but what's really happening is they're not understanding the negative principle because the negative is a, is a higher thought form. So you're actually telling your kid to go touch the stove. So the way that you do, you, the, you give them a, a positive action, meaning positive and negative as in light and dark, not light and dark, not good and bad, but like the positive of a, a photo or the negative of a photo, like negative space. Mm -hmm. So instead you just say, stop, touch my leg or like touch the floor. You give them something to do. I was, I had taken this whole training NLP life coaching and I was sitting outside one evening right after it. I know it had blown my mind because, you know, I was on the spiritual path all my life, been through yoga, realized I said all these words, no problem, no worries, that's bad, I should, I'm going to try, even having done all this work. And then I sat there and I watched this woman with her loving mother, with her little two-year-old, and she was outside and she, this little two-year-old found some ants. And she started crying, like not aunts and uncles, like ants on the floor, on the uh, ground. She started crying and the mother said, don't be scared. If we're going with what this principle is in language, what she just told her kid is to be scared. So she just created a phobia probably for the rest of this girl's life if she doesn't figure out that, you know, the ants are safe. So what she could have said is the exact same thing. Ants are safe. Mm. Not don't be scared. Ants are safe. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Sending. So it, it's even more than this kind of like spiritual journey and whatever. It's an absolute understanding, and it's easy once we do it, and then we realize how much we say it. I only know because I've been on this for a couple years, this journey, and I have weeded out the words bad and should and try and worry and problem. You'll, you'll, if you ever hear them from me, I will immediately correct myself. <laughs> you know what one of mine is? I mean, this is silly, but one of mine is LOL. 
I noticed, I noticed probably mid thirties, this is probably five or six years ago. I, I noticed that I was doing the LOL, the laugh out loud, like all the time on my texting. And I realized I had this moment of awareness. I mean, this is pretty wild. I noticed mm -hmm. as I was texting, I had this moment of awareness where I was like, I'm uncomfortable saying what I'm feeling, which is why I'm saying oh. LOL. So you'll find I rarely do it, if ever, because I kind of don't ever want to use it, but I only use it if I'm literally laughing out loud about something. And even then I try to use an emoji, but I've noticed like, because it is a mechanism and notice when you're texting and when your friends are texting, the LOL is really like almost like a passive brush off of like, so, so I really have taken that out of my language. I mean, isn't that funny? I mean, that's something I'm like passionate about is like, I don't, I'm, I notice if I feel like I have to say it, I'm like, why am I taking, like, why am I demeaning what I'm saying here? Like what's going on? It's a funny thing, but that's like a weird little thing. And that's not it. It doesn't, it's not negative per se, but it's like, why are we laughing about this stuff? Really? Like, I, you know, I'm texting someone. It's like, this really isn't, a, that's not what that's about. And so that's one of my big ones. Ah, that's that's, but that's, that's right along the same vein. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's, it, it is sending the same message of like, I'm not really present right now. And I just got a text back to get you off my back. Yeah. It's you know? dismissive. It's totally dismissive. Yeah. It's dismissive. And it's interesting. I think the whole point of refining language is to understand what, why you're saying what you're saying. So it's taking it from this automatic autopilot into being present with what you're saying and the effects and reverberations of what you're saying. You take the LOL stone and you throw it into a little, you know, flat, beautiful, glassy pond. You're creating a lot of ripples, right? You mm -hmm. can do that either, either way. Sherry noticed it too. I love that, Sherry. I'm glad you're watching. Because, um, yeah, it is a thing. It's like, it's like this weird, uncomfortable thing, especially if you're dating and stuff. Like, it's like this weird... I don't know. I, I want to address, so Lars, who I love so much you're from Copenhagen, and he's such a great fan of the show, but he's talking about the lack matrix and collective Ooh. programming. And I want to bring this up because there is this whole thing about super spiritual and like the... the yep. The, what are you going to say? Yes. It's like the seriousness of the the programming and the matrix and all these things. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist, Lars. And I appreciate you bringing it up because I think it's worth talking about, which is we we have super spiritual programming, just like we have mainstream programming. There's like some super spirit. Well, you're not you're not spiritual if you're not meditating or you're not spiritual <laughs> if, you, if you eat meat. That's a big one. You're not spiritual if you, you know, aren't, you know, deleting all of this particular stuff, or you're not spiritual if you're on Facebook or whatever it is, there's just a lot of rules. And we have to be careful of that control energy, which again is serious. It's not, it should just be, hey, do your life. I mean, it's I think funny. a really good thing to become quite aware of is this creating a lot of 
language goes language only does so well here that's what we have that's our tool and we can refine it and I also never I don't say but a lot beauty mm -hmm. because it, it it negates the first thing you were gonna say so you know mm -hmm. that thing where it's like Oh, she's got a great personality, but. <laughs> oh, you know my favorite one? I This is something, oh my God, my clients say this all the time. I love her to death, but. So first right. off, don't love anyone to death, no. number one. And number two, it's like this massive over-exaggeration oh, yes. to demean somebody. <laughs> it's so dramatic, right? Yeah. In the South here, I grew up with, bless her heart, Oh, yeah. heart. <laughs> you know, when we're saying things like that, what are we saying? I mean, <laughs> what are we saying? I don't know. And I think I, I had a point to that whole thing that I got waylaid on because I just <laughs> cracked myself up and you cracked me up too. <laughs> I don't know either. Heaviness is not, yes, going back. So, when I catch myself in a pattern of heaviness, and I'm not talking about like comfort of like a, a cave and like, you know, a weighted blanket and, you know, snow coming down the winter. I'm talking about like, that doesn't feel good. That is where we say, hmm, what can we do differently? What needs to be addressed? What is creating the heaviness? And let's let that patterning go. Let's let that language go. But we, again, and see, I have to change myself even all these years later. And I know you'll agree with me here. There has to be a strong intention made by the person that wants to let those things go to let them go. It can't just be like, Otherwise, it's a should situation. I should let this language go. I'm trying to let this language go. No, you have got to commit and set an intention. I write my intentions down because the body is so, our bodies are so profound when we write. We've connected a mind-body thing. Write it down what your intention is. I have an intention to recognize heaviness and over seriousness in myself. And you really don't have to do much else. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's the work right there, committing to see it and seeing it. Yes. And, and not, again, not being heavy and berating yourself if you screw up. Right. There are times we're gonna send the texts we shouldn't send. There are times we're gonna do the things, that say the things we shouldn't say. Um, so it's it's going, oh, look, there's my little program. Isn't that cute? I mean, that's truly like where you have to be. And like sometimes when things happen that are super intense, I think, oh, man, here we go again. Like it's all OK. You have to not have to. You want to find the humor in it. You want to find the joy within your humanness. Like, yeah. that's what it is. It's like, sometimes we just have to be human and it's okay. I mean, and that it, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to screw up. And the people that we are in the same frequency with, right? We share frequencies with people and those people in our circle are going to get it. 
you know? And, and that's just kind of how you have to be is like, whoops, totally. Because those moments do still happen for me where sometimes I'm just processing a bunch of stuff, especially with my husband, my poor husband. And I'll be like, about something. And it's like, oh, whoops, like, sorry, you know? But you have to know, you want to notice it. You know, that's the thing is just noticing it, being aware, being able to laugh about it. Like my husband has a joke about my like paragraphs of text messages. Cause when, when I am mad, I start sending like these really long text messages. And, but it's a joke. So he's, he'll text me like now we don't even have those conversations, but now he'll be like, uh Oh, am I going to get another couple paragraphs on text? And it's like a joke because it has become humorous because we don't even need to process that way anymore. You know, it is. And you know, it's not even, you know, I'm going to go even deeper here. I don't even think it's, a, let me say, let me qualify this. We have to take responsibility for our actions when we harm ourselves or others. And are those things that we consider mistakes, I don't consider mistakes anymore because there are we've been asked to be shown. If those things don't happen, we're not shown. Yeah. Those things have to happen. So when we set the intention to see ourselves and to see our programming, you better believe you're going to be doing these things because that's yeah. how we see, you know, if we're just going along in life and we never do anything awkward or, you know, weird or whatever, then we don't see, we don't have that opportunity. And that's humongous because you know, it's the same thing in our bodies. I just today, I teach posture. I teach fascia. I teach all this as one thing I teach, you know, only because I've been there myself and I walked by the mirror like three times today and I caught myself hunching over and you know at one point I would have been like oh I should stand up straight I teach this stuff my gosh what am I doing instead I just giggled at myself I was like look at myself <laughs> I'm still <laughs> hunching over and that's the thing is you know what if I hadn't seen myself hunching over how am I going to know I'm hunching over yep I, we start to shift the perspective of mistake. There's no mistake. We ask for these things to be shown us and they're shown us and then we think it's a mistake. And I don't think that's true. I think it's a roadmap. I think it's a gift. It's a gift that you understand that when you're sending a really long text that you're angry and that's okay. I like to think of it as gentle reminders. Yeah, you know, in business, it used to crack me up in in business when I'd get like, I'm sending a gentle reminder, and I'm like, what does that even mean? That's as bad as saying LOL at the end. Gentle reminder, LOL. Gentle reminder. <laughs> what is it? And I totally use that because it's kind of like, but I, it's like, why? What is the point of it? It's just not gentle it's just telling you something you need to remember do it or don't do it i mean that's refining it's refining oh, yeah i mean funny. It's, also, it's funny what we say it is it's so interesting and you know every i mean really the seriousness is in what we say and that's how this conversation even came to here because we can we can either you know really dump and we don't even know we're doing it. I mean, all of us can bring to mind the person that we see walking towards us on the street or in the grocery store and we hide in the other aisle 
They're perfectly kind people, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But we hide because there is an energy that comes along, a heaviness that we don't want to handle, you know? And yeah. that's the question, you know, that's, that's the question. No one else can take that away from us. You can't go to your, you can't go to Lisa. You can't go to you and say, take away my seriousness, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, this is, these are things that we have to look, be willing to look at and not only be willing to, that we have to commit to look at mm -hmm. and be it's, it's bravery. It's courage. It's the path of courageousness. Mm -hmm. Well, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, and if you're hiding from text messages and phone calls, like I think too, it's worth looking at your own self. Cause I think we, we bring in the frequency we're working with. And so I think yes. there was absolutely a period in my life where it was like, Oh my God, I don't want any more of these texts and calls, you know? And I just don't feel that way anymore. Now I feel like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back to everyone. You know, it's kind of a different thing with not wanting to be on electronics, I think, but the energy of it, it's like, you know, now I have so many people I want to connect with that there's not enough time in the day as we've learned to do that. Um, and you know, and versus running from my phone. So I think you got to look at what are you bringing in because it's inviting you to see something, which by the way, is another language that I love because yes. I, I use invitation all the time because I'm obsessed with that because that's what this is. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity. I remember, working at Victoria's Secret, this is another language thing. I, I love that we're talking about language because I love it and I know you love it. Um, but at Victoria's Secret, worked, I'm sorry, you guys, I worked for limited brands for more than a decade, totally part of all that journey. Um, learned a lot. But um, one of the things that happened was we were on a conference call. It's probably one of the first things as a store director that I will never forget. And I said, well, you know, we were talking about our business and it was like, oh, well, we didn't hit this number or that or whatever. And the regional director who was so awesome, she was so awesome from San Francisco, light, just so much light. She was awesome. But she said, Lisa, she said, you didn't miss anything. These are opportunities to grow your business. And that has stuck with me from that point forward. And I was at the time I was like 25 years old, really my whole life has become that in which I look at everything as an opportunity and an invitation. And it's probably why I do the work that I do or, or, you know, it goes hand in hand with what I do, I suppose. Um, but that is a huge thing. You know, we're being invited to see things. We're being, we have an opportunity to, you know, just explore ourselves more deeply. It's not doing something wrong or, oh, that person's heavy or, oh, this is so intense or, oh my God, I can't watch another YouTube video. That don't work because I'm going to lose my, it's more like, look at it, that it's lighter to say, oh, I'm being invited to see something here. Like this drama, this conflict happened. And yes, it's intense and heavy, but it's an opportunity for me to learn something. When you change it that way, it's just so much better, I think. Well, it is because it's delight. Like now I see my patterns and I laugh or, you know, or I, I, I'm going to say it. I come to the point where I'm delighted to see another pattern because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, yes, 
something else must have dissolved. I got even deeper here, and here we go into some really intense stuff, and let's do it. You know, and, and it's really, it's gentle too, you know, in a way. And I think, I think permission is another profound word that we must write down. Again, it's that language, language, body, mind thing. We, must, we need to write ourselves a permission slip to, give, to, to be human. I, comma, name, give myself permission to be human. No one, not no one. Our culture does not give us permission to be human. You turn on the TV, your teeth aren't white enough, your skin isn't clear enough, you're not strong enough, you're not eating right, you're fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Never... And that's a generalization, so I'm going to change that word. Very rarely do you find permission to be who you are because it doesn't sell anything. It's not. It's not. Doesn't help capitalism at all. Mm -hmm. It's true, and it's interesting because that's literally what we just talked about with Satyam an hour. Ah. I mean, you know, is about not. We've been trained to not be enough, which goes back to what Lars is saying about the lack matrix is, again, it's about materialism, consumerism, not being enough. And I'm sorry, but the spiritual communities are the same way. How many freaking Instagram posts say, oh, it's 11-11. When you see 11-11, you're going to win the lottery or, oh, double tap this frog and you're going to have all this abundance. Why is that such a focus? Like, really stop and ask yourself, yeah. am I just engaged in consumerism in this community as much as any other? And yes, we all have businesses and we all have stuff to sell and do and services and whatever. I get it. But I just think like, it's all the same concept, which is not, we're not learning that we are in fact enough. We are enough. We have it all. It's all inside of us. We have the answers. There's no... And, and that's where the laughter comes in because I think the seriousness is this like focus. Like, do you guys see this? This is my wrinkle of seriousness. Yes, I have my whole life, my whole life making my thinking face, right? Yep. This Look. is it. It's time for this to go away. I mean, and I'm not even kidding. In fact, my I old boss. I used to call it my thinking face because he's like, you look so serious. And, and that's the truth. Like this is a reminder to me that I have been in that place of like serious thought and thinking yep. and anger and whatever. And I think we have to let all that shit go. Like, and just enjoy what we're here doing because we came to this wild place. <laughs> yep. We are. I love that there's that one meme and it says we're meat skeletons on a rock hurtling through space. And I think that is so <laughs> profound because we totally are. We totally <laughs> are. And yes, Tracy, we can block that wrinkle with our blocks. Yes, we can. Oh, um, right? We are meat skeletons on a rock hurtling through space. What the F is that about? I mean, really? If you look at kids, they have to, 
they have to acclimate to being here. And we don't remember that we are still acclimating to being here. Mm -hmm. Like it's weird to have a body and this weird stuff comes out of your body and it hurts when it comes out and it <laughs> feels weird to go in. And it's like, I mean, it is so weird. And we just don't remember. <laughs> Do you ever look at your hand and go, what is this? What is what it? Yes, I just was yeah. actually on the screen. I was looking at my hand thinking that. <laughs> well, you you were sending me the telepathic message because that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, it is weird. This is weird. What is this? I mean, come on, guys. It is. And <laughs> that's the thing is like, is what we're talking about is moving out of time traveling. Meaning this, we can move out of autopilot and find the light in looking at how weird and amazing our hands are. Like, mm -hmm. this is an amazing mechanism. Our wrists, our hands, there's 25 bones in each hand, 26 bones in each foot. There's 206 bones in our bodies. Over half are in our hands and feet and they move like incredibly well. And here mm -hmm. we are thinking that we have nothing and we're lacking and we're not enough and we're not good and all this. And here we are, not only with one of these things, but two of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could do a part two of this because it's already been an hour, which is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy because that's just how it happens when you're in a space. There is no space or time. Um, that's the thing. There is no time, um, which is also weird. I mean, who even created time? I mean, that's like a whole other subject. Yeah. But I do think those thoughts, and I know you do too, April, which is why I love you so much because we can call each other and be like, isn't a tree really weird? <laughs> Look at those roots on this tree. Oh, you'll find me like standing and staring at the roots of a tree, like looking at all the detail of the bark and the moss and how it goes into the ground. And I mean, there is such delight to be had in this world. And we are mm -hmm. so weighed down by our own limiting beliefs. And all I'm saying is commit to looking at your limiting beliefs and letting them just don't even have to let them go. Just commit mm -hmm. to looking at them. Cause you know what? The amazing thing, and here's another weirdly amazing thing. Just bringing awareness to something changes it. It dissolves the pattern. Once you know, you know. Mm -hmm. It's gone once you realize. Yeah. Even if you're still operating in that wrinkle a little bit, it's okay because you know what? That wrinkle is just a a live, I call our bodies living books. It's a, it's a reminder, a gentle reminder, a gentle <laughs> reminder, the gentle reminder of our wrinkles. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. You know, I have to say, so you just made that voice. So I was talking in this voice. I was like, Oh, this is so profound. I was like, <laughs> and Scott was like, what kind of voice is that? And I said, I said, well, it's my pedantic voice. <laughs> and so, no joke, let's laugh for a minute. So I've decided that my rapper name is P-Dan. That's gonna be my rapper name. 
And I'm totally, now I have it inside of me that I totally think I need to create a Twitter account that's the rapper P-Dant and just make all these like very highly profound statements. <laughs> I love it. You may have to like, you may have to record in that voice. Yes. Yes, the there's no time. There's no time or space. There are so many dimensions. Isn't that profound? Like, remember Jack Handy? Remember Deep Thoughts? Yes, Deep Thoughts. So don't be surprised if you don't see me throwing out some like Deep Thoughts by Lisa and by Pete Ant. <laughs> I love it. I think you have to. I mean, there we have to like get into these. This is energy and pry it open. I agree because even I saw something the other day that was like, you know, get out of the karmic cycle and you don't have to reincarnate, like don't reincarnate back or something. And that's everywhere right now, by the way. <laughs> and everybody here who's watching knows my opinion about that because I think we should want to come back. This is a cool experiment to be a part of. But I saw that the other day and it goes back to the seriousness. Like, why is it a big deal if you come back or not? Like the Bodhisattva vow is you come back for three eons or nine eons or whatever it is. It's like a bunch of eons. And it's like, <laughs> why, why, why would you not want to do it? I mean, it's who doesn't want to mark of, and do this weird stuff? It go, it's a mark of not being good enough. If you come back, yes. you're not good enough. Well, you're making yes. earth not good enough. I mean, that's even more ridiculous. Like yeah. you're saying you don't want to look out at the rock. I see the Rocky Mountains out my window every day. You think I don't want to see the Rocky Mountains? I, know. I guarantee you I was on my planet or my star or whatever, because I think I'm pretty certain I'm from Andromeda. And I was like, <laughs> go looking around going, there's no effing Rocky Mountains here. Like, why the heck do I want to be here when I could be there feeling water? Like, What's a light body anyways? I mean, don't you think that we like, I don't care what dimension you're in or what species you are, it's never enough, right? Isn't that the lesson of ascension if you wanna get serious? So part of us is coming here because where we thought we were wasn't good enough. We wanted to come and have this experience. So like, don't diss it, man. Don't diss it. No, the, the lesson is make it good enough now. Yes. Make it good enough right this moment. Make it good enough. I mean, thought creates experience. We know this. Yeah. Agreed. And a manifestation of our thought is our language, going back to that. And we are creating what's coming to, to us. And that's a, that's a like radical thing to say, but it's exactly what you've been saying as far as, you know, the drama, all that kind of leaves when you get out of it yourself. It's like you don't, it just doesn't come back because you've worked through that, those limiting beliefs, or I've worked through those limiting beliefs. And, you know, I, I just don't experience that that often anymore. I can't even remember. It just doesn't come to me anymore because it's not mm -hmm. a lesson I need to learn anymore. Mm -hmm. Other stuff comes to me, believe me, because you know what? <laughs> It's that, it's that layer. It's that, it's that spiral, which mm -hmm. is profound. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it doesn't matter if I've learned that lesson and you haven't, it doesn't make me better or a hero or more spiritual. It just means I've learned that lesson and you're learning it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I've learned that lesson and mm -hmm. you're not willing to yet, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is it's not about being good enough or not good enough. It's just, 
we have to understand and take back our power. I mean, this is about fully about empowerment and who we are right now in this moment. And we are not accepting who we are when we are trying to dramatize. And I use the word trying on purpose and getting, you know, you know, when we're, when we're sucking other people's energy, that's just, all of it is about not being good enough and not being enough and not being enough. And I'm going to take this person's power because they're, they're, you know, whatever. And they're in the same cycle as I am. And it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And that's fine. It's fine. That's mm -hmm. the other thing is it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's just being willing to look at it. Yeah. Our stuckness is ourselves telling us something. There's no such thing as being stuck. Mm -hmm. I agree. April, I love you so much. And I, I know you're coming back because we have lots of stuff planned, but maybe we should do a part two of this. I love and, it. Uh, I mean, I think I'll come armed with some pedant wraps. You should, please do. <laughs> I mean, it's an incredibly important. Here's what Pema Chodron says that I love and I use all the time. It's no big deal, but it really I use the word and she used the word, but I'm going to use my word. It's no big deal. And it really matters. Mm -hmm. so we're bringing in, we're not bringing in necessarily, we're not bringing in, we're not talking about any type of not being aware here. We're talking about being aware mm -hmm. and doing it and creating our lives and what is around us in a very clear way. And, Lit and walking together in this. I mean, that's the thing is our, we're not evolving into these individual heroes. We're moving into a powerful community because we can't hold what's coming by ourselves. Mm -hmm. One of us, we all have to hold it together. Yep. Totally. And that's the thing is if you're not doing your work, guess what? I lose out on that. Lisa loses out on that. It's not just some selfish thing to look at this and do this work. It's because you have to do this work if you want to join in. And the uniqueness of each of us and our consciousness and what we've been through and done is why we're here right now. Because mm -hmm. no one else can do that job. And if you don't do it, no one's doing it. Yeah. True. And that's big. And it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love you. I love everybody who's been watching. And um, time flies. The, the, the no time flies. The <laughs> time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, April, tell everybody how they can find you and if there's anything you have going on that they can connect in. Um, you can see my website at aprilrenee.co. Um, you can connect with me. I do... A lot of I don't even know I would call it practical movement but I would almost call it uh, the wisdom of our bodies which is another podcast that I do every once in a while um, uh, so you can connect with me there if you are feeling stuck even though you aren't really stuck I do a lot of processing 
very quickly uh, through NLP and life coaching. So, you know, the language stuff, you just got a little piece of that uh, today. Um, and there's a lot of ways to really release limiting beliefs very quickly, processing negative emotions very quickly. And it's, it's really quantum language. It's, it's about using quantum language. And um, yeah, so that's all the stuff I do. I love it. Well, and April's in the Ajata Casa app. So if you're in there, she has a group called the Wisdom of Our Bodies. So you can connect with her in there as well and follow her group. And I love you so much, April. And thank you to everybody who's watching. Um, we are back Thursday morning. So we have one more show this week is all um, with Yelena Crawford, who is like our resident astrologer. She's going to be on um, at 9 a.m. Oh, actually, I have two shows. 9 a.m., She's going to talk about the July astrology <clears throat> at 11 a.m. Thursday Mountain Time. Very special show with Kate Wind and Julian, the London astrologer. And they're going to be analyzing the U.S. natal chart and talking about the Pluto return for the United States. I'm going to be sharing some esoteric writings from Thomas Jefferson. So it's going to be a special U.S. show um, on Thursday. I forgot about that, which I can't believe because I've been planning it for like four <laughs> months. But anyways... I will see you guys later. See you in the app and see you soon, April. And thank, thank you guys so much.